Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here. So last year I got to talking with my good podcast friend Pacifico Badaya, who makes a lot of great shows. One of the shows he helps make is SCP Archives, a fantastic horror podcast. They've done a couple of crossover episodes and he invited me to do one with Ostium, and it came out great. A real dark and bloody episode. And now he's very graciously allowed me to rebroadcast the episode on the Ostium feed, which you are literally listening to right now. So sit back, unless you're driving, in which case keep doing exactly what you're doing. And get ready for a very special crossover event with this creepy Ostium episode run through the SCP filter. And if you enjoy it, be sure to check out the great show SCP Archives wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks once again to Pacific for coming to me with this and letting me repost it to you wonderful Ostium listeners. Item number. Pending assignment. Given temporary designation T4956. Object class. 
safe. Special containment procedures. T4956 is kept within a secure room measuring exactly 10 meters in length, width, and height, located at Site 16. There's only one entry point to the room, which requires passing through two secured doors. The first requires a keycard, fingerprint scan, and retinal scan. The second door requires a 25-digit alphanumeric code and a blood sample. Once all of these requirements are met, you must wait five minutes for full verification. Then, the final door will unlock. The room is under constant surveillance with eight different cameras situated around the room focused on T4956 from all angles. All access attempts to T4956 are to be logged and reviewed by the security director monthly. Description T4956 is an ordinary looking wooden door measuring 76 millimeters in width and 1981 millimeters in height. The wood has been identified as oak, and the color is a burnt umber. It was originally discovered deep within the forest of Mendocino County in Northern California by a Foundation agent on a hiking vacation. The door was found in a small opening in the forest, standing there, attached to nothing, remaining upright through some unknown means. The agent was able to keep his hiking party away from T4956, and then returned with a team after the vacation had concluded. Found around the open space of T4956 were bones. Samples were taken and they were identified as human. T4956 has been brought to Site 16 with specific and thorough containment measures. Testing was then begun with 4D class. The 4D class went through the door spaced at a various intervals. Only one returned. When D3491 returned, she brought her own recording of her experiences, designated T4956-4, as well as the three recordings of the three now-deceased D-Class, designated respectively T4956-1 through T4956-4. T4956-1. Begin Log. Designation is D3779. I am the first of four volunteers to investigate and being granted access to T4956, or as us D's call it, the door. I have already passed through both of the security doors and am now in the room with the object. It looks like any ordinary door one would open and go through. I walk around the door, studying it, looking for any signs that would indicate it's anything other than a normal door. Strange markings, chips, or missing pieces of wood. Unusual holes that might well lead to another place in time. Okay, I was kidding about that one. They can force me into their door, but they can't stop me from lightening the mood, right? I'll be honest. I'm shit scared. Other Ds always talk about how safe assignments are the best, but that's all bullshit. There's nothing safe about this. Okay. I think I've stalled enough. Let's do this. Right. That wasn't ominous or anything. On the other side, I can see... Well... It's kind of hard to describe. It's 
It's all fuzzy and blurry and gray and squirmy, all at the same time. Yeah, not my, uh, best description there. It's sort of like when a TV station goes off the air and you get all that static. Do stations even go off the air anymore? Like, the signal has been lost. Kind of like that. Only... blurry. I can't really make out anything concrete. And now I'm supposed to walk through this soupy horror and hope I make it out alive on the other side? I'd say I don't get paid enough for this, but... I do get paid pretty well. Whether I'll be alive long enough to enjoy it, well... Okay. Okay. It looks like I'm in some sort of forest. The doors behind me staying open. It's all static on this side, too. It's a lot cooler here, but smells great. All the trees and plants, I guess. There's a pathway leading away from the door. I'm gonna follow it. It's pretty thick forest on both sides. If I went off the path, I'd get lost hella fast. Whoa. What's this? That's one gnarly tree. Looks really old. There are, uh, three letters carved into it. C... R... O... Weird. Okay. Okay. I can smell something else now, just... It's not just trees, but... It's... It's metallic. It smells like iron or, or rust. Like, like heavy. Cloying, man, I don't like it. Got a bad feeling about this place. And now, I can see the path opening up to this, like, wooden fence. Looks like an old fort or something. From the cowboy days? I don't... Oh. Oh, Jesus. Is that a body? Shit, it is. God, it's been hacked up. What the hell happened to that person? Oh, God. There's more of them. Bodies. Fucking dead people. Everywhere. There's so much blood. And... Body parts. Legs and arms and... Other things. Oh, God. There are kids, too. Men, women, and children. What horror happened here? Hey, this guy doesn't look as injured. Still lots of blood. And he's got a really long knife. Why is he? Time to die. <laughs> The recording continues for some time, then stops. There are no recognizable sounds to identify what happened after. T4956 was recovered with the other recordings. End log. T4956-2. Begin log. Question everything. That's my motto. I never take anything for granted. 
So when they told me I'd be going through a mysterious door and they didn't know what was on the other side, but it was my job to document what I discovered, I was immediately suspicious, but also incredibly curious. They made it sound like there could be literally anything on the other side, so I was game, gung-ho, and, and all ready to go. It's a giant room. All the surface is shiny and metal, burnished, immaculate. It feels like I'm looking down a long hallway because the metal walls and ceilings stretch out for hundreds of yards. The ceiling looks to be at least five stories tall. I'm getting a walleye effect, making this room feel like it's stretching on to infinity. Like looking at your reflection in the mirror and seeing a reflection of that reflection of that reflection and so on. There are occasional banks of buttons and colorful lights and various screens. Computer terminals, I guess. About 20 feet down on the left wall is a long rectangle of windows stretching many tens of feet in length. The effect makes it feel like a strip of glass. I jog over to it, wanting to see everything that is on the other side. I push my face up to the long window. It's icy cold to the touch. On the other side of the window is an alien landscape. There are reds and oranges and ochres, a whole palette of those colors blending together in various tints and shades. It's barren, harsh, hills of varying sizes. In the distance, I think I see the hazy mirage of mountains. Lots of red rocks, some mighty boulders that look like they'd be fun to roll down a hill and to see how far they'd roll. What's gravity like here? And then I see a rocket ship out there on what looks like a launch pad. It's pig. Massive, about half a mile away and stretching high into the gray sky. I look off to the right and see some sort of vehicle. It looks like a giant buggy with a white canopy over the top. There's a front windshield, but I can't see any other windows in the vehicle from where I am. What I can see on the side of the vehicle are words. The top one in big block letters is NASA. The two words below it are Martian Colony Number 4. A million questions invade my mind. What year is this? How many colonies have there been? How did the first three turn out? How is this fourth colony doing? Where is everyone? Why is the door to the buggy hanging open? The iciness of fear trickles into my body. I do at least have one answer. I'm on Mars. I start walking along the floor of metal, constantly switching from looking ahead to the window and back again, as I almost don't believe it. That's why I keep checking to confirm. I glance at the terminals as I pass them, but the screens are all blank. The button's laid out in your usual QWERTY way, but there's a host of extra buttons with strange symbols on them that mean nothing to me. They don't look Greek or Cyrillic. They look, for want of a better word, alien. I went to try activating one of these terminals, but I was specifically instructed not to interact with anything I found on the other side. The giant hallway starts to curve around, and as I make the bend, it continues straight for a long ways and then curves to the right again. I have the idea I might be in some sort of circular habitat, and I'm on the outside walkway. Before I continue down the walkway, I turn back real quick to make sure I can see the door I came through in the distance. It's still there. It's not long before I find a door on my right. At least, I think it's a door. It's a vertical rectangle of metal in the wall with a quarter-inch gap around it. But there's no handle. No blemish or scratch or marking of any sort on its surface. Not sure what to do, I try just pushing on the left side of the presumed door where I, I think a handle should be. It worked. I step inside and see I'm in some sort of medical room. 
Everything in the room is white and feels sterile. There's a bed in the center of the room, counters along the walls with cabinets above and below. Again, there's an absence of handles. There's another door on the opposite wall. I go through it and find myself in another curving hallway. The curve is more pronounced here as I'm moving towards the center of this Mars station. Once again, there's not another person in sight. What's an awesome colony station on the planet Mars doing sitting abandoned like this? What happened? Did everyone up and leave? There's one rocket ship I've seen, but for all I know, there should be five out there normally. What happened here? What the hell was that? I freeze on the spot, instantly terrified, but also curious. It's something, a potential answer. I jog down a hallway and open a door from where I think the sound emanated. It looks to be living quarters, three sets of bunk beds and some closets. On one of the beds is a device that looks like some kind of tablet or data pad. The opposite door is ajar. A clue, perhaps? I open it wider and go through. I'm in a massive round room with an unbelievably high ceiling. It feels like being in a concert hall or, or auditorium. There are displays encased in what looks to be glass. I approach one of them, my excitement growing. I don't need to check the display tag to know this is the Martian lander. At another display, I recognize Pathfinder. Next to Spirit Rover, Opportunity, they're all here. The unmanned craft that helped teach us everything we know about planet Mars. This is a museum. What's that? I walk over to another display, this one of insight. The thing is shaking like, like there's something inside. What the fuck? <laughs> As before, recording continues for some time, then stops. There are no recognizable sounds to identify what happened after. T4956-2 was recovered along with the other recordings. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. T4956-3. Begin log. Well, I guess there went the element of surprise. I'm inside a house and it feels huge and old and really fucking haunted. It's like Disneyland's Haunted Mansion times 10, combined with the TARDIS from Doctor Who. You know, bigger on the inside. Much bigger. I think they call it a landing? I don't know. It's a space right by the front door with stairs that lead to the second floor and doors showing the way to adjoining rooms. There's a fancy chandelier hanging overhead, giving everything a warm, fuzzy glow. I'm guessing they want me to check every room in this house and be thorough and all that. I walk into the first room off the landing. It's pitch black. Can't see a thing. There's a strong smell in the room, something metallic. Reach out to the wall looking for the light switch and find it. It's covered in something wet and sticky. Not sure if it'll work. Looks like it does. The room is bathed in a sickly yellow light, like those days that are hazy and worn out, as if the sun has some weird filter covering it. The zombie rising has begun. But that's not what's wrong with the kitchen I'm standing in. It also explains that wet stickiness. Blood. In vast amounts. Blood everywhere. Blood on the walls, the cabinets, the ceiling, the floor. The sink is a full tub of blood. The stove, in addition to being covered in the red stuff, is also oozing more of it out of its gas burners. While the oven door below has more of the dark, viscous fluid running from its edges. 
Can't help thinking of that scene in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It's like a fucking dump truck of blood just got emptied in here. Then the smell hits me. Heavy. Meaty. Coppery. Rancid. Of something that was alive, but is no longer. Then I see and hear the flies. Big black blobs circling around, landing here and there in the blood, then taking off again in search of meat, tissue, something solid that isn't liquid blood. I've had enough and quickly leave the room. Back on the landing, it feels like returning to a semblance of normal life, but it isn't. Light is still on in the kitchen. The crimson landscape is still an eyesore that can't really be avoided. I slowly count to 30. Then I head for the other doorway, which is also dark. Forcing myself, I walk into the room. I find the light switch. This one's dry. And turn it on. It's a dining room with an unsurprising dining table at its center. Curtain windows frame the dining table on two sides. What is both surprising and unexpected are the occupants seated at the table. There are five of them. Two on either side of the table, with one seated at its head. There's an empty seat at the opposite end. They're all men, just in military uniform. What is wrong with these men is that they're all headless, decapitated. The rough, jagged skin flap edges of their necks are as clear as the empty serving dish in the center of the dining table. The wounds cauterized and blackened, the sawed-off veins, arteries, and severed spinal columns easily recognizable. Upon the place before each of these five men are their severed heads, their faces placed so that they are looking at their headless bodies. Each of the faces bears a look of sheer terror. Back on the landing, this time it takes me longer before I can move again, then I head upstairs. want to get this over and done with as quick as possible. At this point, I just want to get the fuck out of here. The upstairs hallway is dimly lit by the complete opposite of the beautiful hanging chandelier, a single twist of wire hanging from the ceiling around the middle of the hallway with a single naked bulb dangling from it. Somehow swinging side to side like it's on a pendulum or a metronome, the effect is every horror movie director's wet dream, shadows spinning and morphing and changing to every nightmare imaginable. Is that a misshapen monster coming toward me? A curled human form dragging itself closer? Something oozing along the floor? I know I got a headache of brewing from this fucked up light show. I need to get this over with, however bad it's going to be. There are four doors, all the same side of the hallway. Open the first door. It's dark, like the others. I find the light switch in the same place as the others. At least, something standard here. The light turns on, and I'll wait five seconds to take in the scene. It's a library. Bookcases on three walls, a window on the last. In the center of the room is a desk with miscellaneous piles of old books and pens and quills and paper. Behind the desk is a chair. In that chair is a man in camo fatigues slumped over on the desk. His arms on either side of his head. His face is turned to the side, watching me where I stand just inside the door. Buried in his skull is a 16-inch machete. Part of the long knife sticking out with the yellow-white ivory handle, grooves that are brown and dirty with age. The rest of the knife has gone through the man's head and stabbed into the wooden table, holding him there. There's a little blood. I tried dark red trickle running across his forehead and pulling on the table. I turn off the light and leave. The next room, light is turned on. The room is stark, bare, no furniture, just white walls. Instead of the room is an electric table saw. The biggest one I've ever seen. On... <laughs> on the floor are two halves of a man. Spit about four feet apart. 
The insides of both halves are falling out like an open, tipped-over can of chili or spaghettios. No call rising here. It's set up to infer that the man did this horrific act to himself. A suicide, never to be forgotten. I leave. Two down. Two to go. It feels like they've been getting worse, but other than knowing there's probably two more dead and disfigured bodies I have to face, there's no real way to prepare myself for this. I flip the switch in the next room, except it doesn't light up with white, but red. With blood. Because there's blood in the light bulb. Blood everywhere. It's a bedroom, or it was a bedroom. A bed. Bedside table. Chest of drawers. But everything is covered in dripping, viscous blood. And also, parts. Body parts. Big pieces. Small pieces. Here and there and everywhere. You don't let your eyes focus on it too much, because then you might be able to identify what body part it originally belonged to. But there are also some ropes, stringy, twisting vines that can only be intestines. What is all here may have once been a complete human being, likely a man, but it's very hard to tell. I turn off the light and leave. Final room. It looks empty at first, but there's a man. He started at the far end of the room, beneath the window. There's a massive blood stain on the wall below the window. Maybe a gunshot, or multiple gunshots. Then he dragged himself along the floor. The blood trail makes that abundantly clear. He's only a couple feet from me now, face down on the ground. He looks pretty dead. And then I see the words. You're next. What the fuck? The recording continues for some time, then stops. There are no recognizable sounds to identify what happened after. SCP-4956-3 was recovered with the other recordings. It wasn't your usual case, but then SCPs never really are, are they? But this one especially. The guys in charge actually told me what had happened to the previous three who had gone through the door. Not in graphic detail, that I would come to know in time, but just that they'd not come back, and the worst was presumed. Was I shocked? No way, Jose. It's a bit of a cliche, but SCP agents are a dime a dozen. We lose agents in the field pretty often. Comes with the territory, and all those cliches the military like to use. Of course, if they had to deal with SCPs, they'd lose their shit real fast. <laughs> so I knew I was going in with little chance of success, but that's pretty much how I always go in. I've survived this long, and maybe I'll survive this one. Maybe not. Guess we'll see. Okay. I'm in some apocalyptic hellscape. It's like any movie about the end of the world. Hulks of rusty old cars, uh, trash blown in the wind. Not a person in sight. Question is, what manner of monster is going to show its face in a minute? Will it be zombies? Radioactive creatures from your worst nightmares? Or just, uh, or a bunch of fucking guys with guns ready to kill everyone and just generally fuck shit up? I decide to go left, down the street. Pretty soon, things open up, and I'm out in a clearing. There are trees and plants. It's not too bad here. Except, I can't hear anything. No birds, no bees, nothing. It's all dead. 
Also, if I look above the trees, I can see something way out on the horizon. There's only one thing it could be. A mushroom cloud. But there's this little old cottage ahead, nestled between the trees. It looks in good condition, like someone's been keeping house. You could use a fresh coat of paint, and well, the front yard hasn't seen a lawnmower in a long time. But considering how everything else looks, this might be something. Something hopeful, perhaps. Come in. This was the hellscape, where there's a fucking serial killer on the loose. Well, he's fucking dead now, at least. I look around the cottage this wacko has called home for who knows how long. The amount of knives and swords and sharp objects is beyond disturbing. And then I find something I never would have expected. Three recording devices, just like the one I'm using now. I turn on and listen to each one in turn. Looks like this fucker killed the other three. Well, he ain't killing anymore. I bring the recording devices with me and head back through the door I originally came through, much to the shock and amazement of everyone on the other side. And I live to face another SCP. To date, no further agents have entered through T4956. T-4956 has not been declared off-limits to any agents, but at this point, no agents will be ordered to go through the door. However, volunteers will be welcomed. There have been no volunteers at this point.